Mary had a little bed. Lamb. Uh, this is Locked On Big 12? <laughs> That's pretty good. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Como se dice? Happy Sunday, everybody. Welcome to Locked On Big 12. I'm Drake Toll from ESPN Central Texas. Thank you for making Locked On Big 12 your first listen every single day. Happy day where the, the clock changes and you got to sleep in an extra hour. And now we can all relive the madness of yesterday together. Thank you. Uh, I already said that, but thank you again for making Lockdown Big 12 your first listen every single day. What a crazy day, right? Uh, I, I am Bedlam was Bedlam. I, I said it on the Oklahoma pregame show, actually. I, I was invited on yesterday and I predicted, listen to this, guys. You're going to love this. You're going to love this. On the Oklahoma pregame show, I said Oklahoma State will beat Oklahoma. I'm not sure if I'm universally loved for that. I also said that BYU might be fraudulent and a couple other things that seemed to come to fruition yesterday. Let's start with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. We're going to get into all these games over the course of the show today and break down your team, what they did and what their trajectory is as well as whether or not they can make the Big 12 championship for Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. What a wild. This is for the eternal scoreboard. Number what happened in this game it was going to come down to one team wanting the forever scoreboard enough. The final, the final matchup they played it, you know, a hundred times, and Oklahoma's won like ninety-one of those times. Oklahoma ninety-one and nineteen coming in, I believe. Mike Gundy had only won three, three of these, and over the course of Barry Switzer's career, he won three at home. In the month of November, on even day, on even years, in you know days that are divisible by three, it has been a complete disaster of a series. It is a complete disaster of a rivalry for Oklahoma State, and that doesn't ever count again. You can't say anything. The Oklahoma fans can't be like, "Oh yeah, well we dominated this series. Who won the last game? Who won the one game that mattered? It was Oklahoma State, and they had Alan Bowman at quarterback. Had you told me two years ago?" Alan, three years ago, I guess. Alan Bowman and Dylan Gabriel squaring off. It's like, oh, wow, Texas Tech and UCF in a bowl game. And then had you told me last year, Alan Bowman and Dylan Gabriel were squaring off, I'd have thought, oh, wow, where did Dylan Gabriel transfer to in the Big Ten? And how colossal is it at Michigan that Alan Bowman's starting? I thought this was a bad move, bringing Alan Bowman. And you know what? He's not a world beater. But my gosh, he looked good on Saturday. 334 yards. I got to watch almost every snap of this ball game because I'm entranced by one Ollie Gordon, who wasn't as expected. Again, this is expected. Wasn't as explosive as usual. 33 carries, 137 yards and two touchdowns, a 4.2 yard per carry average is less than what he's done with 10 yards per carry the last couple of weeks. But he got it done against OU and the defense of Oklahoma State more than anything was wholly impressive. This is now a team having lost to South Alabama 33 to 7. And I keep bringing that up. You're probably up to like, oh, why do we have to keep talking about that? No, no, no. It's good to do that. It's good to put in perspective where you came from, right? I to to kind of make it personal, coming from Baylor, it is it was always something we talked about, Baylor going from one and eleven to a sugar bowl or Baylor men's basketball going from the laughing stock of college basketball to a national championship. You mention that 33-7 and think, oh wow, what has Oklahoma State done 
to completely flip this? And the answer is hand the ball off to Ollie Gordon. If you're listening right now, and you're thinking, oh, there's a lot of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State talk. Why am I, you know, you're one of the a fan of a new Big 12 team or UCF or BYU, or if you're a fan of a TCU, and you think, oh, why am I listening to this? Holistically for the conference, this is a great thing. I What some people were going to scream to you is, well, now the Big 12 can't go to the playoff. And and I I, I don't I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. The the screaming and the gnashing of teeth and oh well the Big Twelve needed to go to the playoff because they need more money and the money's a good thing and exposure and how embarrassing would it have been if Oklahoma and Texas were the two teams in the Big Twelve championship this season and everybody else kind of got kicked to the curb? That would have been terrible. It would have been awful. It would have been a gross look for the rest of the teams left over in this league. And it's the way it looked around week six when everybody else was losing ball games and those two teams were mowing through everybody. Now we're finally to a good point where we can look around and say, hey. They also are susceptible to the parity of this league. That's a good thing. And guess what? That money, well, the hypothetical situation here, Alabama goes to the college football playoff. Dave from Dave from Mobile, Alabama, guess how many dollars he's going to see from Alabama's trip to the college football playoff? Zero. Jim from Greenwood, Arkansas, zero. Well, you know, it's another SEC team that went, and he's a fan of the Arkansas Razorbacks, so wouldn't he make... No, it doesn't matter if there was more money coming to the Big 12 for you or for me or for really anybody. I, I bet if you pulled the ADs of the Big 12 and said, you know, would you like Oklahoma and Texas to go to the college football playoff? They would say no. And and one of the things that I mentioned actually on the Oklahoma pregame show that I thought was so stunning about the last couple of weeks of OU football where they've struggled so much is how they have not been very efficient in key matters or, or in other words, they've not been opportunistic this week. Oklahoma kind of played its brand of football until it mattered most. This was statistically Oklahoma could get it done, right? 26 for 37 for 344 passing yards for Dylan Gabriel and company. That is really good. That is really good. But they couldn't find a way to score. Couldn't find a way to capitalize. 148 rushing yards. When you're throwing for 344, that's pretty good. You put together a 500-yard offensive output. What's not good, over two on fourth down. The five for 12 on third down is solid. It's fine. That's fine. Sure. The over two on fourth down, when it matters most, you want that good. Then you look at the fact that Oklahoma had eight penalties. Mm, not that good. Three turnovers. Definitely not that good. When it mattered the most, when the big moment came, Oklahoma blinked. Oklahoma State did the same thing to an extent, too. I, I want to bring up some of those late fourth down plays where Oklahoma State couldn't pick up the fourth down. Oklahoma got the ball back a couple of times where you get it just inside the Sooner territory and then bam, turnover on downs for Alan Bowman and his, and his team. But Oklahoma State, when it mattered most, didn't blink. And they only turned the ball over once compared to Oklahoma's three. Now, the big thing you circle, though, Oklahoma didn't have trouble moving the football when they got no rhythm. But neither did Oklahoma State, and they did it at a much, much more conducive rate to winning. The Cowboys had the ball 37 minutes of this contest. Oklahoma had it for 23 minutes of the ball game. That, my friend, is dominating time of possession. Dominating time of possession. It's a quarter and a half that Oklahoma had the ball. The rest of the game was Oklahoma State's. And, and again, in the end... When it mattered the most at Boone Pickens, the Cowboys got it done. Got to carry the goalposts out of there. They will, was it a pass interference? Yeah. Yeah, it was. 
It was. And I'll, I'll take you back to 10 years ago when Oklahoma fans weren't complaining when the referees were screwing over Nebraska. I'll take you back to Texas and Houston a couple of weeks ago when, when Houston didn't get the benefit of the doubt they're playing a team that's leaving the conference. This wasn't the referees going, oh, we're going to hoe Oklahoma because they're leaving this league. They don't give a rat's butt. They don't care. It's not what they get paid for. That It's not malice against OU. I can tell you this. There are officials out there who call a game tight like that just to see the underdog win. It's, it's human nature, but it wasn't to spite Oklahoma because they're leaving the Big 12. No. Get over it. That play didn't lose the game 30 Seven minutes of time of possession for Oklahoma State did. Three turnovers for your team did. Over two on fourth down did. Oklahoma State wins Bedlam. Feels good for you, doesn't it? Happy Sunday, my friends. Happy Sunday. Coming up, Kansas, West Virginia, UCF, Houston. Other teams won this week. This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team. It's every day. Today's show is brought to you by Game Time. Game Time is where I go to buy my last minute tickets for the best prices every single time I want to go to some sort of event. It's not just sports. It's such a it's not just it's not just sports. You can go to concerts, but that Taylor Swift concert, it's probably a thousand dollars, right? I think she's in Germany this week or something like that. The only reason I know is because I follow Travis Kelsey in football. I follow football. And now I'm getting wrapped up in this Taylor Swift thing, which sucks. Well, you can buy a ticket to see her in Germany if you want, if you're into that kind of thing. And you can do it at Game Time. It's $1,000 now. We go to Game Time. Last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, the best price guaranteed. Dropped like 100 bucks. Last minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, easy to find and buy tickets. And, and you get event cancellation protection, job loss protection, lowest prices guaranteed. Go, go download the app right now. Go download the app, the Game Time app, create an account, use code Locked On College. You get $20 off your first purchase. If the ticket's $20, it's a free ticket. Go download the Game Time app. Terms apply with this. Create an account. Redeem code Locked On College for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices, and that is guaranteed. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In the Big 12 this weekend, absolute anarchy. Outside of Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma, there were some other very fun games. In the morning-afternoon slate, combined the morning and the afternoon, Kansas State and Texas, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Houston and Baylor, UCF and Cincinnati, we saw nine points separate four games. Nine points separate four games. Houston beating Baylor by one in overtime. UCF beating Cincinnati by two, getting its first Big 12 victory as a university. Cincinnati might not get one all season long. They fell to 0-6. Then yet Oklahoma State by three over Oklahoma. And then Texas-Kansas State. Let's get into this game just for a second, and I'll break down the rest of these, because uh, I'm very impressed with Kansas. I was very, very impressed again with West Virginia, who dropped off for a couple of weeks, and they are back. How about Kansas State? 
Colin Klein, you need to answer some questions. You need to answer some questions. There is a fourth down play, fourth and goal from the four, where Colin Klein pisses down his left pant leg. Oh, Will Howard is in the gun alone? Our second best running quarterback, by the way, is in the gun alone? Oh, I wonder what he's going to do. He's going to run the ball up the middle. Everybody knows that. Everybody in the stadium knows it. I know it. The D.C. knows it. Texas knows it. He's just going to run the ball up the middle. Guess what he did? Guess what he did? I guess it was third and goal. And it doesn't work. All right, we'll kick the field goal. The thing gone. He missed it. And you know what? Maybe missing that field goal was the benefit of Kansas State because in the end, now you get an opportunity to stop Texas, who's just kind of playing. They're just tiptoeing around. We're probably just going to win this game. It's fine. And you know what happens? It worked. It worked. You get the ball back, and then bam, you nail a 45-yard field goal, right? The the 25-yard field goal was too far, but 45 yards, fine. Chris Tennant, nicely done. You go to overtime. And then you decide, you know what? This is it. Here's here's our moment. Here's our moment. What are we gonna do? Just some stupid play. I don't. I just Chris Kleiman. Just sit him down and have a. I know he's a legend. I know that Colin Klein is a legend. But you got to sit him down and have a conversation of what and why. Why? You got an opportunity late in the game to steal things, put it away, get it done. Score a touchdown, and you're just you're home free. You're up by four at that point. I, I trust Kansas State's defense to keep Texas from a touchdown, especially the way the Kansas State was so they were on a roll in the fourth quarter. And then you didn't score a single point in the open period. Texas kicked a field goal, and you say, you know what? We want to go for it here. We're going to take the opportunity to go for it and and try to win the ball game. I don't hate that call. I do hate the play call. Just brother, my brother in Christ, please make it easy on yourself. It's like you gave him one option. It's just a little corner. It's like, you know, he's, Will Howard's rolling right. He had a great game, too, and you crapped all over it. You just, you have one route, and then he gets, of course, he gets sacked. I mean, it's effectively a sack. I just, can you tell I'm frustrated? I'm frustrated. Colin Klein, leave him on the tarmac. Kansas over Iowa State. I was all over Iowa State in this game. I thought that the Cyclones were going to get it. Being at home in a night game in Ames, where Kansas has not won since 2008, and the Jayhawks absolutely proved me wrong. This is a strong performance of the second week in the row for Kansas. Their ranking is going to continue to climb, and maybe more important, maybe more important than that, they are still in the hunt for a Big 12 championship. The offense was okay, was okay. I wasn't blown away by Kansas' offense. If you watched the Kansas OU game, you probably weren't for the duration of the game blown away by the offense till like the last five minutes. You thought, oh, wow, Kansas is clicking. I do love what Jason Bean brings to the football team, not just from a athleticism, gamer standpoint, but also durability. He says, you know, end of the game, I'm kind of banged up. I'm, I'm, it's, my, it's my team. This is for me to go out there and get it done. There were windows. There were windows for Iowa State to win this. Kansas only had 16 first downs. The Jayhawks, who didn't turn the ball over, did have eight penalties for 80 yards. That's where they weren't as as impressive when it comes to discipline. 74 rushing yards is not great either. The, the window's there for Iowa State to get it done. And Rocco Beck just wasn't that guy. I haven't had to say that too many times this season because he's been so surprisingly impressive, but he wasn't that guy. Kansas is that team. I can tell you this, looking down the rest of their schedule, Texas Tech, that's a win. Kansas State game is huge. 
and then at Cincinnati. If Kansas wins, who wins all three of those with two losses in Big 12 play? You're going to need some help from Oklahoma State losing a couple or Texas losing a couple. I could see Kansas, Oklahoma State, and Arlington or Kansas and Texas and Arlington. It's still a possibility. Mathematically, still a possibility. For West Virginia, this is similar for you. You've got an opportunity still to go to Arlington, 6-3 and three overall, bowl eligible after we all picked you at 14th. you got to go to Oklahoma. That's tough, but you will beat Cincinnati. You will beat Baylor. If you win that Oklahoma game on the road, West Virginia, this is the team of destiny. You, again, you're going to need some help. You're going to need Texas to lose a couple of games or a game at least. You're going to need Oklahoma State to lose a couple of games since they have that breaker. But what a win. Oh, you put Ratzloff kid in a bag, a body bag. And and I, I say that he was fine. It just came down to the fact that BYU couldn't run the football. There was no relief for him. Um, and and West Virginia is a machine, a machine. Jaheim White, CJ Donaldson. It doesn't matter who runs the ball. Garrett Green. I love just Nico Marquiel in general. Throw him in there at the very end. Fun. The receiving core was balanced. I am... Again, I, I don't understand why West Virginia lost to Houston. If that tanks your season, if Dana Holgerson keeps you out of Arlington, that sucks. For BYU, dude, drawing board. Oof. Like, losing is okay, but the way you've lost, A-Rod, there's got to be a conversation there. Not being able to score, not being able to run the football, piss poor. UCF, I love John Rice Plumley. Congrats on winning your first Big 12 game. Houston beating Baylor. Baylor is terrible. Houston is terrible. But... Baylor was just a little bit more terrible on Saturday. Ballsy from Dana Holgerson to punch it in with two-point conversion. Houston, I watched the game in person. I was at that one. I was impressed with how power five ready Houston looked defensively for the first time this year. Is that by virtue of Baylor's bad offense? Maybe, but I'm going to give Houston credit. Coming up, who's going to win the Big 12? Who's going to win the Big 12 now? This is Locked On Big 12, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's show is brought to you by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is where I go to make money every single day. Prize Picks, what you can do is you can parlay. You can parlay these, how do you, how you say, uh, props, basically, right? So you go, you say Travis Kelsey will have more than four and a half receptions. You'll say that Zach Wilson will have over one touchdown and then $10 to win, boom, 250 bucks. Rapper Meek Mill uses it. Andrew Schultz, the comedian, uses it. You can now have community plays, see what those guys are playing. You can rally behind them and win more money. Steph Curry, more than 29 points. Nicole Jokic for more than 10 rebounds. Parlayed, boom, it hits. Prize picks. And if somebody gets hurt in the first half of a game, you just get, you get a forgiveness deal. It's just like, hey, we forgive you. I'm going to charge you this money. You can... Oh, I love it. Submit bets in less than 60 seconds and just take money away from prize picks. You win the money. You select the players. This is all about your skill, your knowledge of sport. Put your knowledge of sport to the test at prizepicks.com forward slash lockdown college. Use code lockdown college for a first deposit match up to 100 bucks. Put 100 bucks in, they give you 100 bucks back. Prizepicks.com forward slash lockdown college. Use code locked on college. Right now, daily fantasy sports made easy. Who is going to win the Big 12 championship? This the picture didn't get too much clearer, right? If we ended today, Oklahoma State and Texas are going to square off in the Big 12 title. But let me read to you. Let me read to you the amount of teams that are still in the hunt. Iowa State, 
West Virginia, Kansas State, Oklahoma, Kansas, Oklahoma State, and Texas. That's seven. Of the 14 teams, we have three weeks to go. Seven teams are still in the hunt. Only one of those teams, the Texas Longhorns, can still make the college football playoff. If they go undefeated the rest of the way, win the Big 12 championship, finish at 12-1, and they have at least a shot of being in that four. Again, season ends today. The team that lost 33-7 to to South Alabama, Oklahoma State, is in the Big 12 championship. Kansas right there breathing down Oklahoma State's neck. OU right there after a loss to Oklahoma State's really going to need some help, though they have that tiebreaker against Texas. So if UT drops a game, OU has a tiebreaker there. But here's, here's an even wilder scenario. Bear with me here. If Oklahoma State loses another game, they've already lost one game in conference play earlier this season. That was a three-point, make it, <clears throat> sorry. They lost one game earlier this season, a 20, geez, wow, a seven-point loss to Iowa State on the road. So the tiebreaker held by Iowa State there. What does that do? It complicates a lot of things. Because now if Oklahoma State drops a game, you see them at five and two, and then say Kansas is five and two, and then Iowa State's five and two, and then Oklahoma's five and two, and Kansas has a win against Iowa State. Iowa State has a win against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State has a win against Kansas. We could, we could bury ourselves into a Big 12, five-way tie, four-way tie, three-way tie. And I know that some of these teams play each other, so that's where things get complex. For Oklahoma State down the road here, told you earlier in the season they got a very easy slate. They're going to beat UCF. They have three of the newbies coming up. They're going to beat UCF. They're going to beat Houston. They're going to beat BYU. I think Oklahoma State has punched its ticket to the Big 12 championship. They are going to Arlington. We know one of the teams, and it's Oklahoma State. Am I jinxing you? Maybe a bit. That loss earlier this season by seven points to Iowa State, coming off a 33-7 to loss to South Alabama, is that going to come back to bite you? I, I, I guess, but if you just run the table, control your destiny, there's no way it can, mathematically. Texas, oh, this is brutal, guys. I think we know the one team. I think we know one team, Oklahoma State. We need Texas to lose to either TCU, Iowa State, or Texas Tech. They'll be favored in all of those. Iowa State coming off a loss against... Kansas, that game in Ames, that Texas Tech game is at night at DKR. They'll be favored in all three of those. The one saving grace, there's a couple of saving graces, actually. TCU is that team that just when they suck and you don't, they'll beat you. Look at Baylor. They just fired Gary Patterson and kept Baylor out of the college football playoff in 2021. Then Texas goes to Iowa State. A game in Ames is never easy. It's at least going to be close. I like Rocco Beck. I like the Iowa State defense. Malik Murphy struggled this week. Slant route. Buddy would throw it six yards short, spike it in the ground, six yards behind a wide receiver. Iowa State's not going to let you get away with that, especially not in Ames. Then Texas Tech, which they're reeling, but not as much as TCU. Right? The, those are the miracle games. Feels like Iowa State is the best shot of anybody here. And that in, in that scenario, there are ways in which one of these teams, a Kansas camp, because if Texas has two losses, Kansas, they, they still, Texas still has the, the tiebreaker. But then again, if Iowa State has two losses with a win against Texas, they have the tiebreaker. But Kansas has the tiebreaker over Iowa State. So what we get into is a very complex scenario in which I cannot confidently tell you who is going to go to Arlington here if Texas drops a game. Who is going to go to Arlington here if Oklahoma State drops the game? The good thing for Oklahoma State is the only team that holds a tiebreaker over them is Iowa State. 
only one team holds a tiebreaker over them. If they lose to Houston, UCF, or BYU, none of those teams are in the running for a Big 12 championship. That helps them mightily. It'd be a bad loss, sure, but a two-loss team is likely going to get to Arlington. So all they would have to hope for is that Iowa State would lose to Texas, at which point they would have a shot at still going to the title game. You see, you, you hear how complex this is? Then there's a West Virginia. If West Virginia wins out, one of their losses, again, this is helpful, is to Houston, who's not in this hunt. The loss to Oklahoma State puts them at a disadvantage, but West Virginia doesn't play Texas. So if Texas has two losses, technically they can get in over UT. Now that's saying West Virginia still has to beat Oklahoma on the road, Baylor on the road, Cincinnati at home. Baylor and Cincinnati, not an issue, but Oklahoma next week, that's tough. Again, you piece together for a team like Oklahoma at four and two, how they can go undefeated the rest of the way against West Virginia, BYU, and TCU and still miss Arlington or make it to, you know, baffled. It's going to take another couple of weeks to figure out where this thing's going to go, but I'll break down all the scenarios the rest of this week Unlocked on Big 12. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. I missed you guys on Friday. I don't like days where I don't release an episode. I feel like I don't talk to you guys. It makes me sad. I love talking to you guys. This has been and always will be Locked on. Thanks for making it your first listen every single day. Dose Grande.